You're listening to The View Ahead, a Grandview Group podcast. Interviews and insights to fuel your imagination and your business strategies. Your host today is David Brake, entrepreneur, author, and CEO of Grandview. We're talking today with David Hutchins. David is a best-selling author, business writer, and learning designer who creates communication solutions for a number of Fortune 500 brands. Uh, David is also the creator of the Learning Fables. It's a book series that uses narrative and metaphor to illustrate principles of organizational learning. He also has a new book out by John Wiley and Sons. The book is titled The Circle of Nine Muses, a storytelling field guide for innovators and meaning makers. David is going to be featured on an upcoming webinar uh, produced by the Grandview Group for the Life Story Library Foundation. And David, we're delighted to have you today. Welcome to uh, our program. Well, thank you, David. Uh, I'm delighted to be here. I'd like you to uh, complete that biography. There's so much more that you've done and you do, but tell our listeners a little bit more about David Hutchins. Well, uh, I work in the space of organizational narrative, um, which I think is funny that, that that's a job now. You, you, you can be an organizational storyteller uh, for a living. And in a sense, I really have always been. Uh, I, I began my career in the advertising industry. I used to be a copywriter for big ad agencies uh, in Dallas, Texas, and uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And so that's an old idea, right, that... Uh, that a brand is a story. We, we tell stories about brands and engage marketplaces and move people to, to buy our Happy Meals or sign up for our cellular service by telling stories. So that, that's where I began my career. For the past uh, 20 years, uh, I've been engaging story in a lot of different ways, mostly for the purpose of organizational development, uh, leadership, influence, uh, knowledge management is a huge application for storytelling. You know what? What does the organization know? How how do you capture the wisdom of an organization? It turns out that that story is the container for organizational knowledge. So a lot of the work that I do is helping organizations capture that knowledge by telling stories. And so uh, today I work with organizations all around the world to help their leaders uh, find stories. Uh, tell stories, tell better stories, and then importantly, draw the meaning out of those stories. Every time we tell a story, it's loaded with information about us and the organization and the mission and how do we create interpretive communities among our teams so that we're all engaged in the process of creating meaning out of those stories. So that's what my work looks like, and it really is a lot of fun. It's, it's meeting you know, fascinating leaders of big companies and then simply hearing their stories and then working with those stories. Well, David, those companies include Coca-Cola, Walmart, IBM, General Electric, Nike, Bank of America. I mean, huge. Not to mention the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and NASA. Um, I, I, I'm curious, take us back to one of those experiences, one of your engagements with one of those companies. Tell us a little bit more about what you did and what the result was. Okay. Um, I'll group two of them together. The last two that you mentioned, the Olympic Training Center or the U.S. Olympic Committee and then NASA, together uh, those are part of an offering in which I and my partners 
will invite uh, executive teams either to the Johnson Space Center in Houston or Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida uh, for NASA, or to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And those are immersive, story-based learning experiences. So in each case, we have a partnership with NASA or the USOC where we'll bring in a team of leaders and, you know, say at NASA, we will meet with um, uh, astronauts and scientists and uh, historians and hear the stories of NASA and hear the stories of the Apollo moon mission. And uh, after we have immersed deeply in those stories, then we'll have conversations in which we connect it back to the organization. Now let's talk about innovation. You know, now that we've heard about the most innovation, innovative uh, effort, you know, arguably of humankind, you know, the, the Apollo space mission, let's connect that back to your innovation efforts. What can we learn from that? And so it's using stories to create new insight, new connections for leaders and organizations. And we do the same thing at the Olympic Training Center. We'll meet with Olympic and Paralympic athletes um, or sports psychologists and hear some amazing stories of success or agonizing stories of defeat, and then have conversations around how do you create a system of support for uh, high performance? How do you create high-performing teams from some of the highest performers in the world? So again, it's, once again, story touches all of the work that I do. And in this case, it's using story to generate new insights for leaders. David, that sounds fascinating. One of the things I find interesting about your approach is that it's not just about the storytelling, but it's about experiencing or, as you put it, receiving or hearing a story. And I know that's going to be part of what you focus on in your webinar. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between telling a story versus receiving or hearing a story? What do our listeners need to know about that? Because it I'm not sure how subtle a difference it is, but I I, I just detect that it's important. It it is an important difference, uh, David. You're you're exactly right. And, you know, right now, storytelling is is the buzzword. Everyone's talking about it. And truth be told, I I don't love the word storytelling. You know, it's there in the title of my book, and I've accepted that, in in a sense, I'm stuck with it. Uh, But in some ways, the the word is limiting. You know, the the first part of the limitation is that word story. You know, it's got some bad connotations. Uh, A lot of people think of a story as something you tell your kids at night before bedtime. It doesn't sound like a, a... a uh, legitimate business uh, leadership pursuit. Uh, Then there's the telling piece, which implies a one-way transaction. You know, I'm going to tell a story for the purpose of getting people to do something. You know, kind of like in my old days as an advertiser. I'm going to tell a story so you'll buy my product. And so it's a one-way transaction, which is a limited way of thinking about story because the telling is is, I think, less than half of the transaction that's taking place every time stories are shared. Uh, you know, everyone thinks the storyteller holds all the power in the relationship, but the truth is that the story listener has more power 
than the teller does. And the way we listen to a story and the way we receive a story has an enormous impact on the story experience and then sets us up for all of those critical meaning-making conversations that need to take place after the story is shared. So, uh, yeah, you, the, the thing we'll be talking about in the webinar is this idea of story listening, uh, listening as a skill and a set of activities that can have a huge impact on the overall experience. I know you talk about uh, how to witness or how to be a witness to the story process. What, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, so uh, part of the perspective that we'll share in the webinar comes from the work that I'm doing with the Life Story Library which is uh, an initiative that seeks to connect with communities uh, so that members of communities can be heard and so that they can share their stories and do it in a way that builds community and builds vision and possibility. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's not about creating a performance. Uh, it, it's about hearing the voices that have not been heard. It's, it's about giving voice to people who haven't had voices. And so inviting a story can be a very powerful thing to do, especially for groups who feel that they haven't been heard. And so in the, the webinar, we'll talk about that. How do you create this opportunity where entire communities or groups or lost voices can show up uh, to, to share what is most sacred and uh, important from their lives in a way that can be received. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, this is not only about community activism. It's really for any scenario where you want people to be heard, whether that's in a classroom and you want to build story capability among your students. You know, narrative wisdom is a big part of learning and being able to, to share your story uh, can be a very powerful act for students. How do you create that opportunity for students to to share their stories, not as if they are reciting or giving a performance, but rather sharing from their hearts and from their lives? Uh, that's different than having them memorize a a Shakespeare sonnet. You know, it's it's speaking with authenticity from their identities, and so it's a different set of activities that you need to do to enable that to happen. Is that what you would refer to as a safe story space? I know that's a word that I've heard you use or a phrase that you've used, but bringing someone in or inviting them into a safe story place, that, that sounds like that's fundamental to what you want people to learn. You're, yes, you are, that's exactly right. Um, and I wasn't aware that I used that phrase, safe story space, but that... <laughs> But that's, that sounds like something I would say. I think you're correct. And uh, it, it, is, it, it does need to be a safe space. And the other word that you just reflected back was the idea of inviting, uh, which I think is it, it's easy to overlook, but it's really a powerful thing to invite someone to tell their story. You know, m most people aren't used to being invited to tell a story. Uh, I, I did uh, a, a session once where I was receiving stories from a community, and I said to a woman, you know, I, I want to invite you to tell your story so that we can hear your story. And she paused for a moment, and she said, wow. Uh, it, was a, it was a woman from Israel uh, who is here in the United States, and she said, 
you know, I'm actually very good at telling my story. And when, you know, when I'm in Israel, you know, I've, it, it's a beautiful story of oppression and liberation and, and freedom that this woman had to tell. But she said, I tell my story all the time. She said, I make people listen to my story. I've told my story to people, to, you know, strangers on park benches before. And she said, this is the first time anyone has invited me to tell my story. And this feels very different because of that. And, you know, that, that moment struck me, the, just the power of invitation to have another human being say to you, you have something valuable that I want to hear. And I, I'd, I'd like for you to share the gift of your story with me. I mean, how, David, how, how often do people ask you to do that, right? No one ever asks me to tell, me, to, to tell my stories that way. Uh, and so it can really be uh, just the extension of the invitation itself can be a, a very powerful and healing act. Well, you used an expression when we were talking earlier before the broadcast. I believe it was story gold. So do you and your uh, work occasionally feel like you strike story gold? It, that is a good metaphor because it, it is like that. I, I've also used fishing metaphors before. Um, you know, when, when people tell stories, uh, all stories are valuable because they, they, it's a sharing of somebody's life and it's a sharing of somebody's truth. Every now and then, you hear a story that just strikes at something so true and so human that you will be moved and you will be astonished and you will cry and you will laugh and the experience will stay with you forever. And, you know, not every story is like that. You know, a lot of my stories are kind of mundane and it's about what I learned at work today and you, you, you won't be particularly moved by it. Um, but again, like fishing, you know, we, we live in this world of stories, and every now and then there is, there's a gift, and you receive something that's so beautiful and true that, that you never forget it. And the people telling that story are often equally surprised by the gold that is there in their own life that they didn't realize that they had, that they didn't realize they had these stories of uh, redemption and stories of hope and stories of courage and resilience and so they're sur they surprise themselves uh by by what comes out when they're invited to tell their story so you're right david every now and then the the experience is is really lovely and healing and powerful so yeah i would call that story gold David, your latest book, Circle of the Nine Muses, a storytelling field guide for innovators and meaning makers. By the way, that's published by John Wiley and Sons. I would encourage our listeners to buy a copy or download a copy for your Kindle. But David, I'm going to try to coax some free things out of you that are in the book. Um, talk to me a little bit about what's in the book. What's, uh, what, what's the really compelling um, nuggets of information that you are sharing with your readers in that book? Oh, there's so much. Um, the idea of the book is that I reached out to story practitioners all around the world. Uh, you know, there's kind of a global community of people who are doing narrative work in organizations and social systems. And uh, I said, tell me what you're doing that's working. And I brought some of my own practices and then the practices of people from, from IBM and from uh, P3 
peacekeeping efforts that have been recognized by the White House and uh, from countries all around the world, all kinds of organizations. The book is loaded with ideas for um, story mining, which is a, a, a phrase that, you know, if you ask, if you tell someone we're doing story work, there's a lot of people who'll say, hmm, I don't have any stories. I can't think of any stories. You know, that that's crazy. You have countless stories. You, you have so many stories that you can't possibly tell them all. So there's a whole series of activities for how to find your stories and how to recognize the stories, the story gold that you have that you don't even know that you have. Um, then there's a series of exercises for story crafting. You know, a, a lot of people, when they hear storytelling work, they think of, how do I tell a better story? That's actually actually not the main focus of my work, um, but I do spend a little bit of time there. You know, if, if you're customer-facing, if you're dealing with the media, it'd be nice if you could tell a really good story, a, an impactful, efficient, tight story. So there's some material in the book for making your stories better. Uh, much of the book focuses on how do you make meaning from a story. There's an entire chapter in there on story listening. When I hear your story, what comes next? How do I find the, you know, if, if the story is gold, how do I, you know, I, I can imagine brushing off the, the gold and, and doing something with it to make it even more valuable. How do I, how do I find the material inside the story and extract it? like nuggets of gold, so now the organization or the community can do something with it. So there's a whole series of meaning-making exercises uh, that go along uh, with the, the finding and the telling. And there's much, much more. Um, well, I encourage... Does that uh, help, David, or it, it, something it, more specific? No, that's, I, I think that's great information. Again, I encourage people to, uh, to get a copy of it. With the few minutes that we have left, let's talk about the, uh, the webinar. Uh, now, whether people listen live or um, it will be recorded and they will be able to catch it uh, through our archive system um, later, after the fact, what is it that people will take away from your webinar? If they're going to give you 30 minutes of their time, what is it that you think they're going to be able to do later that afternoon, the next day, over the weekend? What can they take away from that experience? You know, Dave, I've had people um, that I've worked with or come to my programs who leave excited and they say, oh, I'm going to go back to my organization or, or back to my community and I'm, I'm going to do this. And then they contact me later and say, David, it didn't work. I, I asked my team to tell me stories and everybody just sat there. Nobody told stories. Uh, and so, you know, story work is, it, it's sensitive. It's funny because we all tell stories all the time. But as soon as the team is in a conference room, if you say, tell me your stories, well, now you've just created this performance anxiety and, you know, People kind of shrink back from that. So how you create the context for stories is, is sensitive and it's important. And so what you'll learn in the webinar is how do you create the space where, story, where you can count on stories being shared. And we're going to talk about uh, the three phases of, of receiving stories. And the first is the phase of invitation. And we just talked about that a little bit, you know, the, the power of inviting somebody. And so we'll look a little bit more closely at how do you ask for a story so you don't get that response where people just sit there and they don't tell a story. There, there are things you can do that, that will get you a story. And so we'll look at uh, invitation. 
The next is reception. How do you receive the story? You know, I made the statement earlier that as the listener, you hold the power. Well, what does that mean? And what kinds of things are we doing as the other person is telling their story? And how are we influencing that simply by sitting there silently listening to the story? And uh, we'll share some ideas around that. And then finally, the third stage after invitation and reception is appreciation. After the story has been told, the, the, the teller has given you a gift. You know, they've, they've shared their mental models and their beliefs and their assumptions and their emotions and their experiences all wrapped up in this, the container of this story. And that's a gift. And it's, it's appropriate to, to, to do something with that gift after it's been given to you. How do you express that appreciation? What is the appropriate response? What do you do if you've heard something in the story that you don't like? What if somebody has made some crazy political or religious statements that go against your beliefs? What do you do with that? And so the, the whole stage of appreciation is meaningful, not just for the teller, but also for you and for bringing people together. And so that's what we'll look at is those stages of invitation, reception, and appreciation. And the idea is this will equip you to create experiences, whether, again, whether you're in a classroom, whether you're doing healing work in a community, or if you're bringing your team together in a conference room, creating an experience where stories can be shared in a really impactful way. We've been visiting with David Hutchins, best-selling author, business writer, and an expert on storytelling not just the telling part of the stories, but hearing stories, experiencing stories, creating safe spaces for stories. David, thank you so much for joining us today and good luck with the uh, upcoming webinar. Thank you, I'm looking forward to it. You've been listening to The View Ahead, a podcast from the Grand View Group with your host, David Brake. Thanks for joining us and make it a great day.